Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 206, Go Fetch Knowledge. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Jason as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm great. How's it going? I am doing fantastic. And the way you just said that, it sounds like you do amazing presentations because I already know what the topic is. It just sounds like your presentation voice. Love it. Uh, <laughs> well, I do get paid for a living to talk. I'm a, I'm a high school chemistry teacher. So there you go. Oh, we're definitely going to dive into that as well. And I'm <laughs> feeling that it's related to your hobby. Just, just a hunch, just a small <laughs> hunch. So yeah, before we jump into the topic of the day, which is teaching science, dot, 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 with dogs. I know we want to learn more right now, but we got to, we got to learn more about Jason. It's not all about the dogs. It's for now. It's about Jason. So who is Jason? Who am I? Who? That's a deep question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, my name is Jason Zikowski. I'm a chemistry teacher. I'm a scientist. I have a a degree in chemistry and and an after degree in education. And my passion is science education. So I teach at a high school and I'm I'm also the science department head there. Um, so like I live and breathe science education. I wake up in the morning. I just spring out of bed. I love my job. I'm super excited to get to work. Um, so that's a little bit about my career. Um, I, have a, I have a wife and two children who are older. Um, one is out of the house now. The other's in grade 11. And uh, I have a, a hobby that's quite nerdy, but I love it. I build replica costumes for Comic-Cons. Um, as my creative outlet. That's awesome. Okay. So you're telling me I have to have you back on the show for that as well, right? You can't just present a hobby. If you'd to like, me. I, I rarely <laughs> get to talk cosplay because, well, it's more mainstream now, but um, definitely if you talk to the wrong person there, they just don't get it. <laughs> you're talking to the right person. I'm here. I'm safe. Or this is a safe space. Oh, good. And of, of course, if you bring up okay. the topic of a hobby, I cannot just ignore it. I have to just at least acknowledge it. Like, you know what? Hey, you know, I have you here for this episode, but we can do another one in the future about that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll jump into that in the future, but for now we'll focus on your current hobby. But before we do that, do you have any social media links, websites, or projects you're working on that you would love to share? It could be related to your hobby or related to absolutely anything at all. Well, okay. So it's hard to believe, but my dogs, Bunsen and Beaker, which we'll talk about, have a science account on a Twitter Bunsen burner BMD. And that's like the Bernice mountain dog. It's a pun Bunsen burner because Bernice mountain dogs are called burners. Um, that's the big science communication account on Twitter. You can also find Bunsen burner um, BMD on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Our, our main account is definitely Twitter. We have a website, www.bunsenburnerbmd.com. And that is our merch store. Um, I think that's about it. I have a human account. Oh, my human account is <laughs> Zed Science. Z-E-D Science. I keep forgetting that <laughs> I'm a person and I have my own accounts on uh, Instagram and Twitter. I, I've run out of time to do anything on my personal accounts besides my personal Twitter account. I feel, I feel your pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you're a parent to kids, you're no longer a human. You're a parent to the kids. You're no longer an identity. You're, oh, you're... Bob's son or Bob's dad. So so it's never your name. It's always somebody else's dad. Oh, you and same for dogs as well. (laughs) Oh, you're Boxer's boner, aren't you? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Jason. But it's okay. (laughs) I'm the dad guy, um, which is weird. Um, (laughs) kind of my moniker on social media, but that's what I go by now. They call him the dad guy. 
<laughs> yeah. But okay, so yeah, I'll put all those down below so it'll be very easy to find so people can go check that out. But Sweet, I'm sorry to put away the attention of you because I really do want to focus on you. But since the episode is about teaching science with dogs, let's talk about your buddies, your partners, your partners in crime that help you teach science. So how would you define your teaching methods with your dogs? So our account on Twitter um, communicates science through the eyes of a dog. So we do communicate science every day. I, I make sure there's one or two tweets about science and there's a doggy spin on it. Uh, so if you, if you want to think of a Muppet like Kermit the Frog teaching science, you know, it's going to be science, but it's going to have like a Kermit the Frog spin on it or, you know, Bunsen, Honeydew and Beaker. They're going to have their own spin probably with Beaker, the Muppet. Uh, getting hurt or gets getting set on fire or something like that. So that's what we do on Twitter. And then also with pictures and video, I use them and my voice and sometimes myself and sometimes them um, to teach science concepts. And the engagement is astronomical. Uh, it's shocking. People have fallen in love with these dogs from all over the world. And um, if I can just I, if I, I guess if I can just be a little proud for a second, we have probably the biggest science communication account on Twitter from an engagement standpoint. Like we, we routinely outdo Bill Nye, the science guy on tweets. Like it's just outrageous. Bill Nye is just sitting there saying, I should have got my dog. Should have got some dogs, <laughs> Bill. Okay. But you mentioned sometimes you do the voices for your dogs and it leads me to ask you, what are the voices you have set for your dogs? What are their personalities that you have created for them? Oh, I love this question. That's a great one. Um, because they share a Twitter account before Bunsen came first, he's our big Bernice mountain dog and he is, uh, calm and affectionate, um, and caring. And he tweets in that manner, gets excitable about some things. Um, like it's hard to explain, but, uh, we live in, in the middle of nowhere, uh, of Alberta, Canada. And one, uh, one spring he found a whole bunch of moose legs. So he has like a soft spot for moose legs, um, that he kind of breaks out of his very stoic and caring and serious demeanor to talk about that. Then we got beaker who is our golden retriever and she is a loose cannon. So <laughs> just like her personality, she tweets in all caps all the time. She shouts, um, and that differentiates both of them when they're tweeting. It took a second for the average person who follows us to get it. But once they do, then it's easy for them to figure out, oh, this is Bunsen talking and this is Beaker talking. So they do have very different personalities. That's awesome. I love that creative aspect you brought into it. And I feel like you have the inner monologue going in your head while you're writing these out loud. This and is true. I, I don't know if it's an actual question that you can answer, but if you could, how would they sound like vocally? Do you have a voice that you do for them? <laughs> um, we asked our followers when this is before Beaker to talk, like if any celebrity could voice Bunsen in a cartoon, because people are always trying to get a cartoon made of them. Right. Um, we had people like they suggested things like Seth Rogen, Morgan Freeman. So kind of a deeper voice. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know for Bunsen and, and Beaker's a girl and she's excitable. Um, but she's also like really smart. So I don't know. That's a great question. I really like some of the Saturday and Saturday Night Live actresses. So probably I'd say one of them, like that kind of voice. 
I don't know. I'm trying to remember Kate. Uh, what's her name? Kate. She does great impressions from Saturday Night Live. She was in the Ghostbusters reboot. The name is escaping me, but I don't know who yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, the name's about. escaping me. Yeah, again, I was in, if I was prepared, I would have Googled it. <laughs> <laughs> Bunsen's kind of dumped it on like that deep, deep voice, calm. Um, he might come across as a little slow, like somebody who's maybe not intelligent, but Bunsen is very smart dog. And Beaker's like, ha, ha, like <laughs> kind of like all over the place, um, but also intelligent too. So she'd be the the one that you'd be next to and you were like, what is this person's deal? And then they would say something brilliant and you'd be like, okay, they can stay. You know what? Right off the bat, it automatically made me think of the pinky in the brain. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what I, that's kind of what, you know, to ape a little bit of one of the greatest cartoons in humankind um pinky in the brain is a great analogy and i use that sometimes when i come up with jokes and tweets like hey bunsen what do you think we should do tonight <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i don't know beaker take over the world and get moose legs and then break into song <laughs> yeah <laughs> so when it, this has to have a beginning so where did the initial thought come up where you're like you know what maybe i should find a way to introduce my dogs to the world in the world of science that's yeah. I've, I've explained this. Um, I'm getting better at explaining it because it, it is kind of hard to find the, the point. We had no idea that Bunsen, like we had before Bunsen, we or sorry, before Beaker it was just Bunsen and we got him as a puppy. And I don't know if you've ever seen Bernice mountain dog puppies before. Um, if you haven't just YouTube them, they are, they're just so they are heart meltingly adorable. We had people running across traffic to see Bunsen, <laughs> like literally just about getting destroyed to see this little dog and they're big puppies. He looked, if you want to think of a cross between a panda, mm -hmm. a baby panda and a baby grizzly bear, that's what a Bernice mountain dog looks like. And we, I just took a couple pictures of him as a puppy and put it on social media because we're like, we should, we should share how cute he is with people. I didn't even know that there were dog accounts, right? I was not a social media person at all, like nothing before this. And, and then he got a little older and he was an adolescent. He was at my school because I would bring him to school because the kids loved him. And he was big, like he was getting huge because Bernice Mountain Dogs are giant dogs. And I was like, you know, he's so big. He probably could wear my safety glasses and my lab coat. <laughs> and and, and he, I was like, he's got a giant head. His head's bigger than mine. So I just put my safety glasses on him and he, we were training him to do fun stuff like pose and wear hats and sunglasses. He's just a good boy. So he's just like, okay, I'll wear sunglasses. And I was like, okay, well, that's adorable. The kids were like, oh my God, that's so cute. And then we put, I put the, I put the lab coat on him and I snapped a picture of him in his lab coat, my lab coat and his safety. Well, they're now his safety glasses. And I was like, this is adorable. And I just threw it on social media and it wound up going viral everywhere. Like 20,000, 30,000 likes on Twitter, front page of Reddit for two or three days. And I was like, there could be something here. And then I, I instead of just once every week posting a picture, it was, I posted a picture of him more often and people really wanted to see more about him. And then I made the tweet that told something scientific through the eyes of a dog. It was about beetle carapaces, about how, um, you know, M&Ms, the coloring in M&Ms used to be made from beetle carapaces. And so it was a little science fact that was cool. And then he said, but that's not as good as bacon. They should fill them full of bacon. 
And that resonated so strongly. We've got so many followers from that one tweet. That's when I knew there was something here. I was like, there could, this is really fun. It's engaging. But as a science educator, I was like, this isn't, uh, there's no, there's no other scientist dog. <laughs> he was the only one. And I, and I was like, this is the thing that could teach people science in a different way. And the rest is history. I love that. I love that different approach to it. And the way you were talking, how they said, oh, it could have been bacon instead. I don't know if you've ever seen this YouTube video of, I think it's like the diary of a dog. And it's just an like inner monologue of a dog just writing in a diary. He's like, dear diary, my human has picked up my poop. And just, just like oh, these yeah, crazy that's, things. That's uh, Zachy <laughs> Frank, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that guy. <laughs> Okay, so when it comes to these dogs and the teaching science and going viral, viral and all that, who, let's say, is your target audience per se? I know the whole world is your target audience, but is there a specific group you want to teach it to? Maybe somebody like you're trying to appeal science more towards? That's a good question. So in my heart, I am trying to, I'm trying to reach all of the adults that had a bad experience in school with science. Um, because there's so many people that we talk to every day, every week on Twitter, somebody sends us a message, you know, uh, that says, I'm so glad I'm following you. I've learned so much science. I did terrible in science in school. That is the, I mean, that's, that's what in my heart, I hope our account is reaching is making science fun for people that didn't like science. And there's so many different reasons why a child in school may have a bad go with science. And, and, and myself as a science teacher, I, I, I wake up every morning and my goal is to make that day the best day of that child's life when they walk into my classroom. And that excitement and fun and engagement, we ooze into our account. And that's who we're trying to reach. Now, on our, we do the best on Twitter um, because it's more text-based. Um, the jokes and the wit and the science communication is harder to get across on Instagram um, or TikTok. So we still have accounts there and they, we still do stuff on there, but Twitter is the main place. And it's, if you think about people on Twitter, they're generally people in their 30s plus. You don't have a lot of like, 20 year olds on Twitter. <laughs> I'm not saying there's not, I'm just saying there's less. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just turned 30. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and when it comes to doing these presentations and finding these new things you want to talk about, where do you usually pull the inspiration? Is it, let's say in a news article or a new research paper you just recently read, you're like, Oh, this is something I'd like to share with the world and make it in a fun way. Absolutely. So, um, from the account, I have a, a podcast called The Science Podcast, and it was a way to communicate more science because you can only communicate so much science through a dog and you're limited by characters and text on Twitter. Um, so where I get all my science articles from is this science news sites and, and also new papers like in the big article, the big journals. Um, so I use my background in science to help find you know, I parse, I only can talk about so much science. So I pick the stuff that would resonate with the most people, but also kind of the stuff that might be too challenging for the average person to understand without some help. And with some help, the science community is so large. There are multiple scientists, as you know. Now, mm -hmm. have you ever considered using 
also other animals as buddy scientists that come on, come on and help <laughs> your dogs. <laughs> well, we, this is a fun story. And, and, uh, we just got a cat. Um, my son got a rescued a cat. Her name is ginger and I am allergic to cats hugely. That's why we don't have a cat. I love cats, but the, my son and my, my wife used my science against me. I did a story on the podcast about this food that just came out that binds with this allergen protein that, that, uh, cats make as they break down their food. And it's called Feld D1, this, uh, protein and this egg protein in this cat food binds with it. And then they don't secrete it in their saliva and their mouth. And I am not allergic to this cat and ginger is the cat's name. And, and in about two weeks, she's like, people love this ginger cat. So I'm slowly training her to sit and maybe wear some science classes too. So we might have some, we might have a feline helper. And of course, lots of our fans have animals and they've taught their fans to wear or their, their animals like cats and dogs to wear safety equipment. Um, there's rabbits and, and bearded dragons and horses and donkeys and llamas that are all like, they all follow us and they all sometimes join in on, you know, dressing up in science equipment and joining a tweet thread or something like that is really wholesome and fun. Okay. I got to ask you, what is the most interesting animal you saw dressed up in a lab coat and ready to teach science? In a lab coat and ready to teach science. <laughs> I'd have to say a bearded dragon. So somebody found a lab coat, I think off of one of the STEM Barbies, which is cool. So good job, Barbie, for having a scientist Barbie. And it was the right size for their bearded dragon. And they somehow got little tiny safety glasses. So I'm very impressed with that follower. Um, her name is Tyne and she runs an account called The Herd on Twitter. So kudos. I feel like we just set up a challenge. Now people are just going to find random animals, a squirrel, <laughs> a raccoon. Oh, good luck with a squirrel. <laughs> yeah, just any animal possible. A goldfish. That'd be the, I don't know if that's safe for the goldfish. <laughs> they put a lab coat put on glasses it. On, little teeny tiny glasses. I don't know about a lab coat though. Yeah. <laughs> a starfish. There you go. A starfish yeah, okay, with a lab starfish, coat. Touche. <laughs> the possibilities are somewhat endless. Possibilities. It, possibilities. Yes. And this might be hard to narrow down, but do you have one favorite topic you love to talk about and share with your dogs? Like not with your dogs, but use your dogs to teach about. Is there like the one thing that's like, yes, this is my go-to. I love sharing this information. Okay. So probably the, the, the topic I know the most about, and, and I'm not a trained scientist in this area. My background is in chemistry, but from doing the podcast, it is about all of the breaking research about how important pet ownership is, how positive it is for so many different things for people that own an animal, and also the history of the evolution of a dog from the wolf to the animal that we see today. That never gets old for me to talk to people about. And it's not something the average person knows a lot about. And there's some misconceptions about dog myths, but I love talking about that. I can talk to anybody about that. I've given presentations before at science centers about it. It's, it's my favorite thing to talk about. My favorite area of science outside of that is space. I know little about space, but I want to know more about space. And the scientists I've talked to on my podcast, the most profound interviews I've had are with astrophysics or astronomers or planetary scientists just laying down the goods about how fantastic the universe is that we live in. 
I love that. <laughs> and I would imagine since you love dogs in space, uh, Laika is probably a hero of yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've talked before about the animals that have, for, for better or for worse, were sacrificed or made the ultimate sacrifice to get humans into outer space. Um, I was on a segment of, on a TV show called the history erased, where that's what I talked about on the TV show. And he, he said, you like to learn more about dogs and how they have a scientific impact and help humans in so many different ways, directly and indirectly. I don't know if this is true, but I feel like you might be the best person to ask on this show so far. <laughs> I heard that dogs are actually extremely healthy for building an immune system for when you have children in a way, just being around dogs. Yeah, that's <laughs> general. So this is generally not for every child, but generally children that are exposed to more dander and more dirt, more bacteria um, have less allergies later in life. That is true. Yeah. So my family, my parents have a dog. It's called an American Indian dog. Ooh, it's okay. a breed. It's a pure breed, but it's uh, it's there's another version of it, which is called a native American Indian dog. And that yeah. one is mixed with wolf. But the one that we have kind of looks like, like a German shepherd, but it's around oh, 45 pounds. I just Googled pounds. an image of it. Oh, they're so cute. Yeah, yeah. They're, so they look like, so for people listening, they look like German shepherds. They grow to around 45 pounds. Uh, very smart. There was a story apparently of somebody who had these dogs and the neighbors were complaining because every time the, the dog would see the kids in the pool, the dog would jump in and try to pull the kid out thinking it was drowning. <laughs> like a Newfoundlander. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, dogs are awesome and I'm glad like you can integrate them into teaching science and I'm sure they are all in for it. And, and of course, we're talking about the dogs, but this has an impact on you as well. Like It brings you joy. It brings you happiness. And I have to ask you, what would you say is the best part about teaching science with your dogs? To, to do what we do with Bunsen and Beaker, they have to be well-trained. Like they have to sit, they have to pose, they have to wear equipment. They have to keep their mind sharp. And in doing that, there's a lot of training that goes into that. And, and like, um, we just finished uh, level two obedience and level two agility with Beaker in our area. Um, and I enjoyed that so much working with them. So I know people enjoy seeing them be well-behaved. Uh, like we got asked to go to a, uh, a science center and have a meet and greet with Bunsen and Beaker. And then I did a presentation and that doesn't come overnight having dogs wear lab coats and safety equipment and walk around and mingle mm -hmm. during an adults only kind of party <laughs> at a science center with loud music. Like that does not just happen. And everybody, the joy of everybody seeing those dogs was so cool, but I have to be honest, the joy I got in working with them to get them to that level. That is the best part. The best part of my day is the dogs, um, notwithstanding my wife and my career, but, like taking them, taking them for a walk and just <laughs> dogs are just in the moment. And I think we need to be more like dogs. Your day was your day. Now is now. And that's how dogs experience life. Now you say they're your partners and they work with you. Are they well compensated? I just got to ask. They, they are well compensated <laughs> with uh, pets, scratches, rubs, adventures, and the occasional moose leg. So, yes. <laughs> good, good. Some days I get a raise, a bonus, a vacation day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this one might scratch your brain a little bit, but what would you say is something that you know now that you wish you knew when you first started teaching science with dogs? Not to get too down um, and not to get too negative. We've just been through a pandemic with some very polarizing issues. 
And I was not prepared at probably about six months into that, the amount of blowback, anger, and frustrations that a small amount of people had to any kind of like public health communications. And what I would tell myself then is to not engage with those people who are obviously very misinformed, uh, very upset and angry, sometimes violent. I, the, arguing with them does no does you no good. It's not a place on Twitter you can change minds um, or on social media. Like that's not that you're never going to change a person's mind who is that opinionated. Um, that's a face to face conversation at a coffee house kind of thing. So I would tell my my younger self, uh, like you just ignore those people will fade into the ether and you'll never think about them again. But if you engage with them, they're going to ruin sometimes your day. Like I would go to sleep angry and frustrated and, and, and that what's, that's not worth it. They don't care about dogs. They don't care about science. And my message is not for them. And I would tell my, my younger self to my younger self of a year and a half ago to (laughs) block, ignore, disengage from those type of people. Yeah. The internet is quite the wild place when it comes to any kind of information and people's opinion and Twitter, as you and I both know, is the wild, wild west when it comes to everything and anything. Oh, you could say, oh, I had a lovely day today. Somebody will come at you saying something to start an argument because yeah, why not? Like you had a lovely day. <laughs> what about everybody else that had a bad day? <laughs> I'm sorry. What do you mean? Sorry. Wow. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. What, what do you mean? Sorry. Are you Canadian? Well, yes, actually. So we apologize all the time. okay fun fact so i'm from ottawa ontario okay and uh in ontario i don't know if you ever heard this but apparently we have the apology act which means that saying sorry does not hold you liable and it's by law it was in 2009 (laughs) that they created this it does not say you're accountable for anything so when you say sorry (laughs) <laughs> oh, right. Like you bonk into somebody, and you're like, oh, sorry. And then they sue you because, you know, well, more like a car accident. And you're like, oh, sorry. Okay. Kind of thing. But mm. yeah, it's, it's crazy. That just feeds into the stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. So we were talking about our Canadianness now, uh, but back to dogs and science. Cause well, they could be Canadian dogs and science. Yeah, absolutely. Like yep. uh, Beaker no, and Bunsen. We're very <laughs> Canadian. We are proud Canadians. Um, and the Bunsen and Beaker wear their pe- their love for Canada on their fuzzy shoulders. <laughs> I hear they have a tattoo somewhere under the, all that fur. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got flags and hats, so. They probably look pretty awesome. They probably look better than me with the hats, but that's because they have <laughs> a hair on their head. I don't, but anyways, uh, back to the podcast. Um, what would you say are some misconception about, let's say teaching people science. And I know that's, there's so many misconceptions, but if we were to deepen, make it even deeper, teaching science with dogs or using different props than from the ordinary ways or the classic ways of teaching science, I guess. That's an odd way of making the question, but that's, yeah. Right. So teaching involves three things, an engaging presenter, right? Somebody who is, you want to listen to because they're engaging. The presenter has to know what they're talking about and you have to feel safe. So one of the advantages of dogs teaching science is they're all three of those things, right? <laughs> how many, uh, how many like people are listening? Have you ever stopped at a red light and you've looked over and seen a dog sticking its head out the window and your day is better? 
or you're you just like, hi, dog. Like I say that all the time. Sometimes I'll roll down my window and say, hi, how's it going? Like I'll talk to the dog in the car beside me. So boom, engagement, right? You're automatically engaged. A dog wearing safety glasses. What is that? Um, (laughs) Two, right? You have to know what you're talking about. So if we were just randomly saying misinformation, nobody would follow us. The gig would be up, right? So Mm -hmm. I have to be really careful with the the science that I tweet that it's factual, especially now with the size of our account. Mm-hmm. And three, it has to be a safe place. People don't learn if they're fearful. People don't learn if they are, uh, you know, they feel the person that they're talking to doesn't hear them. So our account is very kind and very empathetic, even with people who don't necessarily agree with our message. We don't fight back with them. We don't say mean words. We don't get into that. And that, that is, the best way you could use any kind of technique is those three techniques right there. You know what? They're all bark, no bite. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Really dad joke right there. That's what I, that's what I do. And you're talking (laughs) about like when you drive by, you see a dog and you stop by, you're like, you want to talk? It reminded me of this one time I was driving to work and I saw this guy who was wearing these goggles in his car and it was a convertible. And I, in the, in the passenger seat was a dog with goggles as well. So it's just like, they were matching. I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It makes your day better. You're like, Oh, what are they? Those people, they're so cool. What's the dog's name? Where are they going? <laughs> <laughs> Screw work. I'm following them now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when it comes to teaching science with dogs, what would you say is the most stressful part about it? Okay. So that's a great question. Dogs aren't people, right? Like they, they don't have opposable thumbs. So sometimes people are like, can you get them to grab a beaker? No, <laughs> there's, they're not a, they're not a person right? They're not a, they're not, they don't look like an orangutan like me. Um, (laughs) So you're limited with what a dog can do based on its physiology. Also, you're limited, like with some types of science, you're limited by safety. Like I'm never, ever going to do a chemical reaction with Bunsen and Beaker around. That's not safe for them, right? Like um, there are some very well-trained service dogs, Um, Samson service dog on Twitter, is a lab trained golden retriever that works in a lab and wears like full on every kind of PPE. But Samson isn't around when they're doing dangerous experiments, even then, right? He's tucked away in a corner, um, ready to assist his person. So you're, you're limited by that. And like dogs don't think like humans. So you, you have to be so patient. I'm a dog person and I get that. And I know what they, what they can do and what they can't do. And I don't push them past when like they've used to, you're like, okay, we not got to sit here. And I'd like you to put your paw on this thing. And maybe after 10 minutes, you're not getting it. And you have to make the decision that this isn't happening right now. So shut her down. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent last summer doing a bunch of TikTok videos and they were a lot of fun, but each video took an entire day to make. So like it is time consuming to do science communication with dogs. <laughs> so that's the biggest challenge. It almost sounds like you're describing a toddler. <laughs> they are. The dogs are, dogs are very much like a toddler. They have a toddler like brain. Yeah. Someday you just get like, all right, nope, it's not happening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's go to superstore and everybody, the two kids are having a meltdown. You're like, that is not happening today. We are not going to the supermarket. I'm glad dogs don't have, did your dogs ever have a meltdown like that? (laughs) Oh, they can. Yeah. Dogs can have meltdowns. They can be pushed too far. Generally dogs don't, but I mean, dogs can, they can get not so, not so much stubborn, but they'll just hit a point where they refuse to do 
the the task. They're frustrated and they they've tried to please you because most dogs really want to do what you want them to do. They just maybe don't know what you're asking. <laughs> and then they can some sometimes they can get frustrated and you gotta like, okay, we're gonna take a break. Cause it's supposed to be fun. All of this stuff with them is so fun. And if it isn't fun, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing. They wouldn't want to do it. But they're so excited to do to put their lab coats on and put their glasses on it because they're just going to have so much fun and they get rewarded with treats. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of, it's pretty cool. They're like, they're coming in like, all right, what are we doing? I don't care. Let's do it. Okay. What exactly? Treats? Yeah. Dogs don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the energy everybody needs, mm-hmm. especially in these days. <laughs> exactly. Yep. We need more good news and fun, empathetic, kind, kindness on social media. And we also need more Beaker and Bunsen. Of course. This is true. Yeah. yeah. It's a fact. It's, it's the law. We need them. <laughs> <laughs> and if you had to sum it up in, let's say, one big thing, what would you say teaching science with dogs taught you in life? So before the account and before working with Bunsen and Beaker, myself as a person, I think I wasn't as, as patient and I maybe was a little bit sarcastic. Um, as a teacher, I was maybe not as patient and I was quick to sarcasm. Now, from working with Bunsen and Beaker and tweeting um, through the lens of being kind and empathetic, but also witty, like our, I, I, I would like to say our account is quite witty. I have that wit, but it's tempered with kindness. So my, I, don't, I may use sarcasm, but it's definitely not as biting. Um, and all of this with their account, plus the science background and the research I've done, it's made me a much better science teacher. So I think that's what I've learned. And, and I hope it's made me a better person for my family and my friends to be around. I think you're a great person. If that's, a, if that's values of anything. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure people who are listening to this right now are like, okay, well, you know what? I want to get into this. And they're curious about science and want to learn more. And somebody who loves science might want to teach with their animals. So with that mm-hmm. being said, do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in teaching science with animals? Like what are some do's? Go for it. it <laughs> I, I, I think the only other account I see that does it there's a girl on TikTok that has a service dog that she's training to work in the lab with her. And she does a great job of explaining sciencey stuff with her dog and kudos to her. Like I, I just, that's a, that's a medium that just with my busy life, I just don't have the time to devote to like, there's a, there's a niche for a cat that teaches science. There's a niche for a parrot or a horse or something, you know, a parrot teaching science with vocal cords, for example. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it leads me to I also wonder, because there's so many things you could do. And if you can reveal it, you don't need to if you, it's like top secret. But what is the next science experiment you want to do or you're planning to do with your dogs? The next science experiment? Yeah. The newest with, one. With Bunsen like, and Beaker or myself? Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Why not both? Let's start with yourself and then finish off with a grand Bunsen and Beaker. What's their special assignment, assignment, experiment coming up? Okay, sounds good. So um, pre-pandemic, I did science shows for elementary schools. I got leave from my school um, and I'd get a sub for half day and I'd get sent. I would, you know, a school would want me to come out and put on a science show. And I am doing my first science show in two years next week. And it has a bunch of fireballs and explosions. And I'm really excited about it. 
So Bunsen and Beaker don't come for that. <laughs> um, it's too much and it's too dangerous. Uh, but I am thinking about maybe incorporating them as like a meet and greet after something like that. So that's exciting. And with the dogs, I am excited uh, in the summer because, you know, teachers do get some time off in the summer. I am excited to restart the Bunsen and Beaker Teach Science. And I'm going to do it a little bit differently where I safely do a science experiment. And then with clever editing, it looks like they're watching or helping. So that's what I'm looking forward to with them in the summer. And will this be videotaped so people from around the world can see it? It'll be videotaped. Yeah, it'll be. The, it'll be on the TikTok. Um, I'm going to try and grow that a little bit. And of course, it will go to our main Twitter account and Instagram. It'll be everywhere Bunsen and Beaker are. <laughs> and you just created the perfect segue for me. Thank you for doing that. The question that I had at the beginning of the episode was, do you have any social media links, websites, or projects you're working on that you'd love to share? And at the end, I will ask the same thing. Since we're talking about videos, TikToks, Snapchat, MSN, Yahoo, I don't know, AOL. Yeah, <laughs> just everything. Yeah, our main account is on Twitter, Bunsen Burner BMD. Burner is like B-E-R-N, like the Bernice Mountain Dog. Um, BunsenBurner.BMD is the Instagram and Facebook account. We have a YouTube account that I bounce my podcast episodes to. It's Bunsen Burner on YouTube. And I think that's it for social media. Um, I am looking into getting into more social audio. We run spaces on Twitter, which are audio chat rooms. And I'm looking at another social audio platform called Wisdom. So you might see us on there if you've ever heard of Wisdom. It's like Clubhouse, I guess. I have not, but you know what? Once you give me all those links, I'll put them down below so we can share it all. If you have a thousand links, I will share a thousand links. You will <laughs> okay, not perfect. even know what the description of the show is until you see all those links. <laughs> okay, sounds good. And now for the last question, I, I like to twist things around a little bit. Do you have any questions for me about teaching science with dogs? Oh, like a question for you? Yeah. I put um, at the end of every episode, I ask a question to my guests. Do they have any questions about their hobbies they want to ask me? So it can be anything at all. Uh, it's not rehearsed. I don't know what my guest is going to ask. So you can put me on the spot, put me to shame, do whatever you want. <laughs> sure. Okay. So what is something in science that you don't understand? Um, Something in science I do not understand a lot, if that's to start off, but mm -hmm. something What's I one thing that you're like, I don't even know what's going on there. Space. In one terms of space, I really want to learn more about black holes, dark matter, the mm -hmm. expansion of the universe. Like, it's something that I think of so much. And I don't think like, yeah, some people, when they think the universe is so massive that it's a scary place, I actually like. I love it. And I think I just saw a photo was it a couple of weeks ago where they took photos of like multiple galaxies and then they like the, they just zoom in and they just see other, sorry, multiple universes with multiple galaxies within it. And it's just on all the suns, it's just like so crazy to me that I love it. And I want to learn more. And I know, I think it was a few years ago, they were talking about the God particle as well as in mm, discovering Higgs that. Boson. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I would love to learn more about that, even though I'm very, very novice. I love science, don't know much about it. I am not a scientist whatsoever, but I love trying experiments safely, of course, safely. I need to have uh, Beaker and Bunsen with me just in case uh, <laughs> they will teach me not to do things dangerously. But yeah, I guess that, and I, get, I think the first part of being 
curious about science is trying things out. And you can do that in the backyard, baking soda and vinegar. Try oh, it yeah, out. That's a great one. <laughs> yeah. The classic volcano. Uh, but yeah, like looking at things, trying to figure out, Ooh, how does this react to this? But yeah, uh, there's a lot well, of, you're one know. step there being, being curious, right? That's one step. So you've given me some ideas for possible Bunsen and Beaker tweets or Bunsen and Beaker teach space science in the Ooh. future. So you got the little astronaut helmet on and everything. Yeah. Which I'm Bunsen sure you could probably have find. an astronaut helmet. <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah, that's okay. Well, I will have to look out for that whenever it comes out. <clears throat> you could say, there was once a bald man, the head shaped like a planet. Let's name him Alex. Was curious about space. Yeah, they're just giving ideas. Bad ideas, but there's ideas. Uh, but anyways, there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you, Jason, for coming on and sharing your passion of teaching science. You yourself teaching science, but using your partners in crime, Beaker and Bunsen, for teaching science as well. I really did enjoy it. It put a smile on my face throughout the entire episode where I have Aww. cramps now. So that's <laughs> a good a good thing. Good cramps in my face. That's, that's okay. <laughs> the more you smile, the more your face works out. You know what? Yes, because it takes more muscles to smile than it does to frown. So, yeah, see, I know a little bit, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so if you guys like to learn more about Jason, go check him out. I'll put all the 1000 links down below. So it'll be very easy to find. If you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you like the show and want to show some support, completely optional, you can, you can by leaving a review, uh, buying some merchandise or joining a Patreon. And also I am in the process of creating a podcast card board game. Why? Oh, cool. Because I have so much creativity that I just have to throw it out everywhere. And I like being creative. That's, I feel like Jason and I are in the same boat in this, at that point. <laughs> uh, but yes, what you do need to do is go show Jason some love. So Jason, once again, thank you so much for coming on. No problem for science, empathy, and cuteness. Aww. <laughs> so until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>